0: Hallelujah. Good morning. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. That's better. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name. Where can I go and where can I not go? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I can stay where I am. You know I can't do that.
1: Hallelujah.
0: <laughs> glory be to your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name, Lord Jesus. You alone are worthy of praise. You alone are worthy of glory. There's none, there's none else like you. There are two songs that we did today that just, that just sort of like focus and break our hearts, right? The chorus of the first one is Christ Alone, Cornerstone. stone. Oh. God. I just broke my heart. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak, made strong in the, in the Savior's love, or in the Savior's love, uh, and so on. No, actually, I'm going to read it. Just broke my heart. Weak, made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. You know, when we, there is a, I know you probably know of this, the Shema. I'm going to be jumping around about this morning because there's so many things that are on my heart that I want to share and sometimes they follow a particular thread and that's fantastic, sometimes they don't and that's great too because what we want to do is we want to follow the flow of the Spirit, don't we? Yeah. Hello? Hi. We want to follow the Spirit, don't we? Yes. Yes. Okay, there are two ways we can go. We can go our way or we can go the way of the Spirit. Our way is cool. I mean, our way, we're in control. The way of the Spirit, we're not in control. And we all like the way where we are in control, don't we? You're looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> <Well>, I know. <laughs> we like the way where we are in control. The way where we don't know what's coming next, we don't like. And that's the way we need to go. That's our only pathway. That way where we don't know what's coming around the corner. Hallelujah. So this morning, I referenced that song, and as I referenced it, this came back to my mind as I was preparing this message, the Shema. I'm sure you've heard of the Shema, right? In Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 5. Eh? I'm so sorry. I apologize. I'm not meaning to make any assumptions. Okay, the Shema is a prayer that the Israelites prayed. They prayed it twice a day, in, in the morning and in the evening, and it's It's a prayer, it says, and it cries out. This is what they will say. Listen, Israel. Listen, Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord alone. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. You've heard that before, haven't you? I'm sure you have. That's the Shema. But the emphasis there that I want want to lay for us this morning is that part where it says listen. Because the heart of what we're going to be talking about, the heart of the journey that we're following with Israel and with us has to do with listening. Okay? I read out that that chorus, Christ alone, cornerstone. How many times have we forgotten that he's The cornerstone. How many times have we sung that song? How many times have we danced to that song? How many times have we felt, oh, this is really nice groove as far as that song is concerned. But the meaning completely goes over our heads because we walk out the door and it's, boof, it's gone. The song says Christ alone. Cornerstone. Christ, nothing else but Christ. Christ alone. Cornerstone. Weak made strong do we believe that no come on i don't always believe it (laughs) i know you don't weak made strong now think about all the opposites think about that which happens when we we have an exchanged life (laughs) that's why we need to listen because the question of listening doesn't just mean we just hear passively in the in the Hebrew the, 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 there's the a corresponding action to hearing to listening it's a hearing and obeying it's one word it's not two it's one word hallelujah so when I that which we say that which we hear we have to act out we have to enact praise God otherwise we're just hypocrites let me not go down that road but praise God hallelujah so that's, that's why this morning I want us to listen, not to Debo, I want us to listen to what the Spirit of God wants to say to you specifically this morning, particularly in relation to how we are as a community. We are a, a blended community. We are a blending community, we're a community that's been knitted together. That's not an easy thing. <laughs> we, can, we are praying the prayers, and I hope we're praying the prayers, we're praying the prayers Daily, or as often as you remember, we pray the prayers that God unites and brings us together. But building communities is not an easy thing. You might think it is. Those of you in families, those of you that have families, you know how difficult it is to raise families, to raise communities. It's not an easy thing. We have different, it's interesting. Brian spoke this morning and he just hammered an, an aspect of my message. Uh, Harry spoke and hammered another aspect of that uh, uh, of that me- uh, message. Right, that relates to that which we, we 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 lay down because what God is looking for Christ alone. What His agenda is His agenda His agenda His agenda, not man's agenda, because man's agenda achieves nothing on the earth. Incidentally, that is. The story of Nehemiah is a brilliant story. Brilliant. If you do a recap. Right? Brilliant story. Brilliant story of what, and I I know it's been preached, and we've preached it, about how successful it was, what Nehemiah Nehemiah did. Right? Nehemiah had a burden for restoration. Interceded. God provided. Amazing favor. Right? These These are success stories. Planning and execution, amazing, this guy. Planned, took off. Oh by the way, I'm sure you, you know, Ezra and, Jema, Ezra and Nehemiah they're one it's one book. They're not separate, they're actually not separated. Sometimes when they're separated, we don't get an idea that all these things are joined up. Importantly, we must think about these stories as joined up stories, not as separate stories. We think about them as separate stories. We miss the overarching picture and we lose our way. Like being in the woods and you can't see anything because everything so, is so dense. But if you step back, then you can see the sweep of the story and things make sense. Hallelujah. Intense opposition, Sambalatan, and they overcame. Amazing. We are doing a great work. Remember that? We are doing a great work. In WCC, we are doing a great work. Aren't we doing a great work? We are doing a great work. In your lives, in your ministries, you are doing a great work. You've got to say that. Remember, I, I, I reminded us about that. That we remind ourselves, whatever it is you are, whatever it is you're doing, planning for the wedding, making teas, sweeping the floor, whatever it is, being a, a servant in the house of the Lord, whatever, being a counselor, being, being out there in the open or being hidden. It doesn't matter what you do. That doesn't matter. It really doesn't. What matters is that you acknowledge what it is. God has said for you to do, for you to do, you embrace that, and you say to yourself, "I am doing a great work." Hallelujah. I'm going to I'm going to use uh, Daphne's uh, prop in a minute because I said everybody just preached the message this morning. it's like, it's like, I, I didn't even need to come up. I mean, what's the point, right? We are doing a great work. Amen. We have to acknowledge. I'm raising my kids. I'm doing a great work. Whether I'm doing it in partnership or I'm doing it alone, I am doing a great work. If you don't acknowledge that, then it's going to become a drudgery. You're going to think you're doing it in your, on your own and in your own strength. And everything gets taken out of context. Everything is in the context of God's economy, God's kingdom, God's vision for his world. And we as his people need to align ourselves with that reality. Not stay outside of it. That is why... I stress that we can do our thing, we can live our lives on the basis of our own plans. And some of us are great planners, great administrators, people who can see the big picture and plot everything down to our T. I mean, I, I, I have great admirash, admiration for people like that because I'm not like that at all. <laughs> I am so not like that. So when, I, when I'm in the, in the presence of people who are able to do that, I, I stand in awe. I stand in awe. But the problem sometimes, though, is once you've made your plans, and God says, yeah, I see that it's great, but I want to go this way, then you're in trouble. Great plan, fantastic, I see all the permutations, good job, but we're going that way. And you have to be in that place where you can say, yep, abandon your plans and follow after him. We're doing a great work, mission accomplished, walls built, 52 days, record, amazing work. Repentance and rededication, which is where we've come to, Nehemiah 8 to 10. Our hearts are turned back to God, the the scrolls are opened and and it is read. Let me read a little bit of that before I get in trouble with some of my elders in the house who I really do not want to offend, because I don't want to get spanked. Father, you are so amazing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are so amazing. Glory be to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nehemiah 10, verse 1, and I'm not going to read it. On the seals are the names of Nehemiah, the governor, the son of Hekaliah, Zedekiah, Sariah, Azariah, Jeremiah, and so on and so forth. And that goes on for ooh, 27 verses. So 27, Moloch, Harim, Banner. I was actually going to play you a little bit of a, of a, a snippet of that, of all the names. Don't do, kind of like a nice jazzy beat, but I thought, no, they're not going to do that. I actually have it, actually. No. <clears throat> So verse 28, the rest of the people, the priests, the Levite, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all who have separated themselves from the peoples of the lands to the law of God, their wives, their sons, their daughters, all who have knowledge and understanding, join with their brothers, their nobles, and enter into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law that was given by Moses, the servant of God. I want you to pay attention to that, because this is referencing something something's (laughs) Oh. something's <laughs> specific in Deuteronomy hallelujah you know the laws they are like given at the land Moses is, Moses is now giving his last massive speech He's given the longest speech in recorded history right before he goes up the mountain and remember he talks about the blessing and the cursing remember yeah. right he gives them their history and he comes and gives them the question of the, the history. These are, are the things that you need to do if you want a blessing. These are the things that will happen to you if you don't follow the rules, right? No. But Moses does a strange thing. He says to these guys, listen, I'm jumping ahead of myself. No, let me say to you, he does a strange thing. He says, listen, I've given you, I've asked you to choose between death and life, right? So you choose life so you might live, right? But then he turns around and he says, But I know you're not going to do it. I know you're not going to do it. I know you're going to go running off all this stuff. I know you're going to go running off into other people. You're going to go and do all sorts. You're going to do exactly the things for which the inhabitants of the land have been kicked out. You're going to do exactly the same thing. And guess what's going to happen? You're also going to get kicked out. This is, can you imagine? I mean, imagine we've had a lovely worship session Everybody's hyped up. We are floating in the spirit. We're all fantastic. We're all like that, right? And then, and then, and then Brian comes up and says, well, <laughs> well, because she came up before. <laughs> Brian comes up and says, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was great, wasn't it? Wasn't, wasn't the band amazing? Wasn't the word amazing? But guess what, you people? You're all sinners, and you're going to stay sinners, and you're going nowhere. Okay, there's nothing you can do about it. You're doomed to sin, and you're doomed to your addictions. You're doomed to everything rotten that you've been brought out from. Even though I've painted this wonderful picture, even though we've sung songs about it, there's nothing you can do about it. Is that good news? No. But that's what he said. It's in the Bible. It's got to be good news. It's in the Bible. It's in the scriptures, right? I want you to hold that thought in mind because we're talking about Nehemiah. We're talking about the celebration of the building of the wall. We're talking about the the restoration of the of the temple. We're talking about the reading of the law. We're talking about people weeping and bowing their heads. We are sinners. We are poor, poor sinners. We will not give our daughters to the peoples of the land, or take their daughters for our sons. Lie, and if the peoples of the land bring in goods or any grain in the Sabbath day to sell, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath. Or on the holy day. We will forego the crops of the seventh year and the exaction of every debt. We also take on ourselves the obligation to give yearly a third part of a shackle for the service of the house of the God. For the showbread, the regular grain offering, and so on and so on it goes. We obligate ourselves to bring the first fruits of our ground, first fruits of all, fruit of every tree, so on. You need to read this. But the point you need to extract from it. Is We will also bring to the house of our God, to the priests who minister in the house of our God, the firstborn of our sons and our cattle, as is written in the law, and the firstborn of our herds and our sons, and to bring the first fruits of our dough, our contributions, the fruit of every tree, the wine, the oil. To bring to the Levites the tithes from our ground. For it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all our towns where we labor. And the priest, the son of Aaron, shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive the tithes. And the Levites shall bring up the tithe of the tithes to the house of our God, to the chamber of the storehouse. For the people of Israel and the sons of Levi shall bring the contribution of grain and wine and oil and so on and so forth. We will not neglect the house of our God. That is our text. It's very riveting text, isn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. What is Ezra Nehemiah pointing to? I've already given you a hint about that. I've said it relates back to the law, and I want is, do we have that video? Okay, I was, I'll tell you in a second. Okay, and we're going to play you a little video from a, 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 a group called the Bible Project. I think it encapsulates some of what I want to say, but it's done. Far better than I could do it myself, so I, I'll let them do. I'll let them do that. But I want you to draw. I want to just draw out one key thing for us. No, it's the video. You've got the video, okay? For us building this community, right? We are not going to be able to do it without trust. We've spoken about that in times, you know, over time. We're building together but we are not going to be able to build without trust we cannot build with trust if Christ is not at the center we cannot build with if we ourselves are not holding on to Christ who is that center do you understand what I'm saying if I do not know that uh, that you are submitted to Christ how can I trust you and how do I know that you're submitted to Christ listen and obey. If I do not see that you are submitted to Christ, that you're submitted to the authority of Christ, how am I going to trust you? Hello? Aye. Hello? Aye. If I don't know that you are submitted to Christ, that you're embraced around me, you know, I don't mean, please, I'm not talking about perfection. <laughs> because we are in process. We are all in process. So I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about everybody that has done everything right and you consistently do everything right. I'm not talking about that because we're not going to get it right until he, he who is coming comes. He who comes appears and we, and we see him as he is and we become like him. As we see him, we then become like him. Yeah, We have his nature in embryo. We're working it out and the only way we can work it out is in community. It's the only way God has provided for us to grow is in community. Hallelujah. Is it any wonder then that the enemy's key objective is to make sure that we're divided? And how are we divided? How do you how do you sow distrust? How do you sow the seeds of distrust? With the whispering and the and the, and the, and the sniping and the and the envyings and the jealousies and the and and the the gossips and the, all the rest of it, every single time, as it were, we're in that situation, we recognize that we are contributing to the dispelling of the power of God in our community. Amen. Amen. Do we want to build together? Oh come on, really? Do we really want to build together? I mean, this guy said that. Nehemiah and Co. said that. At, at, at Mount Sinai, they said that. No, 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 Moses, you go talk to God. God wanted to talk to them. Father to children. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. We don't want to talk to you, God. You talk to Moses and he can tell us what you want to know and we'll just do whatever you say we should do, we will do. That's what they said. So when I ask you a question, I, if I were you... Or if anybody asks you a question, particularly when it concerns things relating to spirit, I would be a little bit circumspect before I answer yes. Because that word will come back, right? And ask you that. I don't want to say judge you, because you know you know how our minds think. We think judge. No, I mean the word just comes and says, Oh, you said this, didn't you? You, you, you did say this, didn't you? Remember? Hallelujah. No, so when I ask the question, I want you to think about it. I'm not asking because I want a response. I'm asking because I want you to think about it. I want you to take responsibility for what you hear. I want you to take responsibility for what you hear. I don't want you to leave this place the same. Otherwise, all this time, we've wasted it. God's word has power. It has the ability to fulfill itself. Like that stick that has just budded because it's been rooted in that soil. Isn't that an amazing thing? Look at that. Isn't that an amazing illustration for the love of heaven? Look at that. That's a dried up stick. Put in the soil of God's love. In his heart. In his purposes. And it's budding. Now it's been put in a bigger tree. I want to see what comes of that. hallelujah so you and you and I we have to accept that God is doing something that is bigger than us and that's where we start That He's doing something bigger than us I don't want to give you a spoiler here but I will for the guys who are doing the rest of Nehemiah sorry After this fantastic building project and all the victories that have been won and the 52 days and all, after all of that, you know how the story ends? (laughs) You know how the story ends? This is Nehemiah hitting his head against the wall. Why? Oh, why is this still happening again? After all those victories, the story doesn't end very well very not very satisfying it's not the sort of story we'll tell in in polite evangelical Christian circles because we always like a good ending it's got to end well yes, yes. we win we win Amen. it's like that Hollywood blockbuster movie the, uh, the Avengers they always win they win <laughs> yes we win of course we win in the end we win but through the process Sometimes we don't. And you know something else? That is why Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong. You see, Christ alone, Christ alone. If Christ is not in the picture, I don't care how well you've managed it. I don't care how many people you've deceived, in quote. I don't don't care how far you've managed to push this thing in your own strength. But it looks good it looks anointed it looks brilliant Christ alone if he's not right in the center of it right it's flesh and you know what will happen sooner or later that thing will pull apart would say tear itself apart Christ alone so you have uh, uh, have a, uh, a responsibility to the community that is why we have the body that is why Paul used the example of the body and gave us a picture of the body That we are co-joined. We are one body. One purpose, one vision. Not my vision, but his vision. He's the head. We are the body. He is the one who is in control. He is the one that's in the driving seat. And you know what? We bring our hearts before him. Knowing how polluted they can be. (laughs) Oh, you don't want to know the depths of my heart sometimes and the depths of the things that I don't want to think that I think that I have to bring before the Lord and say, God, you know, I know you're still walking in me. <laughs> Amen. Oh, God, look at me like it's just me. I know it's just, it's just me. I'm the only one in that place. I know I'm, <laughs> I'm the only one you guys, I mean, are you, <laughs> you know, you're, you're the saints of God. You're brilliant. You do well. Thank you, Jesus. I'm the only one, I'm on my own Jesus Jesus I'm with you Jesus You alone I trust, oh God Without you I'm finished I am totally finished (laughs) Hallelujah (laughs) No, praise the Lord It's different Don't you're going to... what I'm saying is people do you want to see the power of God move in his body yes. no, it's not for its own sake guys right it's not, I've used this metaphor many many times before when you, see, when you see this huge wake on the seas you know that there's a massive ship that's gone before right but we don't park with the waves do you because the waves isn't what's interesting The waves isn't what's interesting. What's interesting is what caused the waves, isn't it? It's what caused the waves. I want to see the vehicle that created these waves. I'm not going to park with the waves. What am I going to do with the waves? After a while, the waves are going to fade off. They're going to fade. No, I want to see what's creating these waves. That's that's the way it is with power. When you say power, power is just a manifestation of Christ and his presence. What we're looking for is not the power no no we're looking for the Christ is what we're looking for Hallelujah. because where he is there's always going to be power where he is there's always going to be provision where he is there's always going to be freedom and liberation right it's where he is that's why Christ alone cornerstone That's like a, it's like a theme that runs, that should run, that should resonate in our hearts. Everywhere we go, Christ alone. You know why? Because as we go, because we are the living temples now. You know what I discovered today? Oh gosh, I'm all over the place. You know what I discovered today? When these guys built the temple, Nehemiah and Ezra, when they built that temple and they dedicated it, the elders who were there when the Shekinah left, do you remember that story? right? When the Shekinah, when the glory left the temple. Horrible situation. The elders who saw the anointing come down, the fire of God come down, and his glory fill the temple. Remember Isaiah's vision. Woe is me. I am undone. Right? Because he saw the temple filled with the glory of God. For our Nehemiah project, <laughs> sorry to say, there wasn't really any there was no infilling. There was no anointing. There was no Shekinah glory. Sorry. Great project. Fantastic project. Don't get me wrong. So if you're taking your examples of leadership and all the rest of it from, from Nehemiah, please continue to do so. There are all kinds of, of lessons to be learned from it. But, but don't park there. you know, because when Pentecost came, and the disciples who were told to wait, in Jerusalem, to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. You know what the Bible says? I never connected it. I connected it today. It blessed me. Blew my socks off. So you might have known it. So I'm just. When the glory of God came down on these guys. The fire of God came down on these guys. This is the first time I connected. That's the Shekinah glory. Returning to his temple. Because are we not the temple of the Holy Spirit? So when you receive the infilling of the Holy Ghost, what do you think is happening? It's the Shekinah glory that has come on the inside now to reside. Okay, I'm not talking about the glory as just some, heard, no, I'm talking about the, the person of Christ by his spirit. Where, where God is, everything of his nature is, his glory, his love, his peace, his presence, his, his joy, his healing ability and power. That's where he is. Amen. So as a believer right now, you are a container of the Shekinah glory of God, right? That's part of the reason why Paul says, anyone who, dest- who damages or destroys my temple, him God will destroy. Do you remember? Right? You are amazing. You just don't know it yet. We don't know it yet. What we, who we want in WCC is that as each of us come more and more to understand our place come more and more to accept our place come more and more not to look at the other and judge ourselves against ourselves yes when we accept our place the Shekinah glory that is there connects to the Shekinah glory that's there connects to the Shekinah glory that's there and everybody partakes of it. Because your anointing is for me. It's not for you. And my mine is for you, not for me. So the anointing seated in this house right now next to people to whom it belongs. And they don't know it. And people are crying out. They're crying, what? What for? What was the temple for? What did people come to the temple for? Hallelujah. Let's play that, let's play that,
1: quickly. You're most likely familiar with the 10 commandments in the Bible, stuff we generally take as good advice. Don't murder, don't steal honor your parents, the list goes on. And those are just the first 10. There are actually a total of 613 commands, all given to ancient Israel, found in the first five books of the Bible, which in Hebrew are called the Torah. Now, the word Torah is usually translated in English as the law, because it has all of these laws in it. And as you read through them, you wonder, am I supposed to obey some of these, all of these? I mean, what's the purpose of the law. Well, that translation is kind of confusing because while the Torah has laws in it, the book itself is fundamentally a story about how God is creating new kinds of people who are fully able to love God and love others. And when Jesus taught about the Torah, he said that he was bringing that story to its fulfillment. So walk me through the story and how it's fulfilled. So the story begins with God creating humanity who rebels. And God chooses Abraham to bless all of the nations through his family, who end up in slavery down in Egypt, and so God rescues them. Then at Mount Sinai, God makes a covenant with Israel, like an agreement. And all of the laws that Moses gives to Israel are the terms of that agreement. They're like a constitution. And so some of the laws are about rituals and customs that set Israel apart from the nations. Other laws are about social justice or morality. And by following these, Israel would show the other nations what God is like. Okay, so the rest of the Torah is just the complete list of laws that Moses gives Israel? Mm, no, the rest of the Torah just continues the story. And the 613 commands are only a selection from that original constitution. And even these have been broken up and placed at strategic points within the story. Now, pay attention because you'll see a really clear pattern. Moses gives the first laws to Israel. Don't worship other gods. Don't make idols. And then right after that, there's a story of Israel breaking those very laws. Yeah, they worship the golden calf. And so Moses gives some more laws, and then you get more stories of rebellion. Some more laws, rebellion again, some more laws, more rebellion, and you start to see the point. Right, no matter how many laws, they're just going to continue to rebel. So at the conclusion of the Torah's story, Moses gives this final speech to Israel as they prepare to go into their new home. And he tells them, you guys, I know that you're not going to follow all of God's laws. You've proven to me that you're incapable. And Moses says the problem is that their hearts are hard and that they are going to need new transformed hearts if they are ever going to truly follow God's law. And he was right. I mean the story goes on to recount Israel's total failure. They go into the land, they break all the laws. Right. Now the next section of books in the Jewish tradition are the 15 books of the prophet and they reflect back on the story. For example, Ezekiel, he said that if Israel was ever going to obey the law, God's spirit would have to transform their hard hearts into soft hearts. And Jeremiah said that's when obedience to God's commands wouldn't feel like a duty, but they would be written deep in their hearts. And Isaiah, he promised a future leader, Israel's Messiah, who will lead all of the people in obedience to the law. Now, in Jewish tradition, all of these books together are called the prophets, even the historical books, because they're continuing the story told from the perspective of the prophets. Okay, so we have the law and the prophets, and they're telling one connected story about God's desire to bless the whole world through a people, Israel, who it turns out needs a new heart. Yes, and Jesus saw himself as continuing that Story, So he agreed with the law and the prophets when he taught that it's out of the human heart that come the most ugly parts of human nature. It's like the default setting of our hearts is opposed to God's law. But Jesus also said that he came to solve that problem and in his words to fulfill the law. So what does he mean there to fulfill the law? Well first he said that the demand of all of the laws in the Torah could be fulfilled by what he called the great command that we are to love God and to love others. So that seems pretty easy. I mean, we all want to love. Well, we think we want to love, but Jesus showed how love is far more demanding than we realize. So he quotes the law, do not murder. And he says, yes, not killing someone is a very loving thing to do. But then he also says that when you treat someone with disrespect or when you nurse resentment against them, you're also violating God's moral ideal because you're not treating that person with love. And so Jesus said true love ought to extend even to our own enemies. So even though this command seems very simple, Jesus showed how our hearts are not currently equipped to fulfill even this basic command of God to love others. And that's kind of a downer. But where Israel failed, Jesus brought this story to its fulfillment. As Israel's Messiah, he fully loved God and others, and he showed all of the nations what God is truly like. He did this through his acts of compassion and mercy and ultimately by loving his enemies even unto death. And after his resurrection, he told his followers that he would send God's spirit to transform their hearts so that they could follow him and fulfill the purpose of the law, to love God and to love their neighbor. So this fulfills the story of the law and the prophets, or in the words of the Apostle Paul, the one who loves fulfills the law.
0: again. (laughs) News ever. I think that's the best news ever. That's good news. That we are not supposed to try to do it ourselves. We are and were incapable of doing it ourselves. And that's the whole point, as it were, of the Old Testament. Right? When you step it and you step it and you step it and you step it, you think, but what's the point of it? All the way harnessing and holding these guys up until the point of Jesus coming. <laughs> Christ alone, cornerstone. <laughs> Christ alone, Christ alone. Nothing else will do. Nothing else, not here, not in our midst, guys. No program, no, nothing else. Christ, Christ. Our individual surrender to Him. I surrender, Lord. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to love those who are unlovely. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to love that guy. He doesn't look like me, doesn't sound like me, it's not my skin color, doesn't talk like me. I don't know them from Adam. All these other guys, I've known them since God knows when. I don't know how we're going to blend. I don't know how we're going to knit together. We're so different. I don't even like him. I don't even like her. Christ alone. Cornerstone. You don't know You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know the things I have seen. You don't know me. If they knew me, they wouldn't love me. They wouldn't like me. They wouldn't even want to sit next to me. Christ Alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Father's love. It's not about you. It's about the one who died on that cross. The one with whom we have an exchanged life. That's the good news. That's the good news. So if you are here, you don't know the value of what God's done and the value that you are in his sight listen Shema listen so I started with that listen hear and obey that's all you bring to the table hear and obey you accept it as is he said it I believe it that's who I am That's who I am. I am a blesser. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. I am filled with the Shekinah glory of God. I expect that wherever I go, I bring his presence. I bring his presence wherever I stand because of him. Not because of me. Not because of me. Because of him. Wherever I go, the kingdom of God is there. If you don't expect it, how can you expend it? If you don't believe it, how can you expend it? The only thing that will limit the power of God here on earth is you. God walks in his body, walks in community. That is the challenge that I have for us this morning. Oh, it talks about the tithe. I'm not going to talk about the tithe, that's a minefield. All I'm going to say is, hey, guys, you come to the banqueting table, you, you come for a buffet, you don't just walk out, you pay. And m- more often than not, you eat more than 50% anyway. <laughs> right? So if you have seven stomachs, so you eat and eat and eat and eat. So miss- just drop a tip, 10%. Hey. Hey. God owns everything God owns do you get that do you get that God owns everything he owns everything a lot of us don't give because we're afraid I know that's true we don't talk about money the British don't talk about money they don't talk about money unless they unless the guy holds his red bag in front of the cameras right well we don't talk about money we you know we don't like the left hand to see to know what the right hand is doing no, God talks about money all the time. Jesus spoke about money all the time. The only problem is where are you standing from? If you're standing in him and from the position of love and submission, love that is, oh, by the way, another master, then can't lord it over you. The last frontier for a lot of us is money. Touch my money. Just <laughs> touch Yeah. When the taxman takes a percentage of our money, we we give it to him grudgingly. I know I'm the only one. It's okay. You guys can look at me like you're all holy. And then when you pass through that band into the forty percent, they're taking forty percent. Money is the final frontier. You give that away, you're free. You give it away, you're free. I'm not saying don't pay your, your rent. I'm not saying don't pay your mortgages. I'm not saying don't be financially wise. I'm not saying don't do the cap costs if you don't have financial intelligence like me. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying all of that. I'm simply saying we don't major on the minors. The things that we should, we, the unbelievers don't even think about these things. They give liberally. Come on. <laughs> the mountain, the, the, he, he owns the, 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 the cattle on a thousand hills, the gold and the silver belong to him. In the tabernacle, you see, when they looted Egypt and they were going to build a tabernacle, these guys gave so much that Moses had to beg them not to give. Think about that. They brought so much. These guys said, enough. Stop giving. Wouldn't we love that? Right? To be so buoyant that we're going to say, guys, come on. Hey, guys, come on. No, come on. We're going to, you know, the, the, these guys are going to start investigating us. We're going to think we're doing some kind of scam or something, right? Enough giving, please. Limit your giving. Won't that be a great testimony? I don't want that to be an issue. We give liberally. We don't let money hold us back. And you know something I have to say about this church? You're givers, and you're generous, and I know that. I know that for a fact. But it's good to, to say it out loud because the text talks about tithes. Yeah, there was about, about three or four sentences where it goes, the tithe of this, I'm tithe of that. And if I if I ignored it, it'd be like ignoring the huge pink elephant in the room. That's the only reason why I've mentioned it. Give. Give into this place. Don't let us be that place where they twist our arms to give, where they read all these scriptures so we can give. Where you, oh my god, please, I beg you, don't do that. Let's not do that. And that's what some people are concerned about. Give. Money is not a filthy thing. The love of money is an issue. Not money itself. Without money, we can't be in this room. Without money, we can't get all this stuff. We, right? We need money. Of course we need money. But we lord it over money. And we're learning that. I know I'm learning that. As a, some people who are far better at that than I am. And I acknowledge that. Christ alone. Christ alone. Hallelujah. Let's rise to our feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Richard, can you guys come back, please? You know the song I'm going to ask you to please do. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you, pray with you and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.